This is AutoLine Extra, available exclusively on the internet. Here again is John McElroy. Welcome to our discussion right now all about the big three bailout, although we shouldn't use that word. It's a bridge loan. But we're with David Welch from Business Week and Jeff Bennett from uh, Dow Jones. Uh, David, uh, what do you think is going to end up here? I mean, the money that they got, we all know, is not enough. This is just to tide them over. They're going to go back to Congress. Are they going to run into this, this phalanx of Southern Republican senators that are going to make it impossible for them to get the job done? Or what do you think is going to happen? Well, remember, uh, not only do we have uh, a Democratic president coming in, but we'll have a Congress that's uh, more heavily Democratic. Uh, in the next but not filibuster-proof, right? No, it's not filibuster-proof. Uh, but, you know, 10 Republicans, I think, did vote for this thing That's uh, right. last time around. So you, you don't necessarily, you're never going to convince Richard Shelby of Alabama to come on board with the automakers. If you have the right terms in this in this loan deal, you could get a guy like Bob Corker to switch um, over and support it all. Uh, you know, and, and Corker, frankly, I think he had some of the best questions and comments. He, he had the degrees. absolute best questions yeah. in my book, and I didn't agree with them, but I admired what he was asking about. Yeah, basically, he, he's got a pretty good template here. As you go to the union, and you know, I don't think anybody really cares what the cuts are as long as they reduce X number of dollars and get things competitive. So, you know, you cut out some of those retiree obligations uh, for health care by making them take a, a weaker health plan, or you just have them load up that VEBA trust with more stock than cash, which they've already proposed uh, in, in, in the current loan deal, and that's less cash obligation for the automakers. You make the, the, the creditors take a two-thirds haircut, which I don't think should be a big problem. Uh, because of course, you're not a creditor. <laughs> no, that's true, but look, those bonds right now are trading at 20 cents on the dollar. And, you know, a lot of those bonds were bought by big institutions back when they were originally issued. Well, a lot of those big institutions are not allowed to hold junk bonds, and the credit ratings have fallen to junk since then. So a lot of the people who have them now are people who are, you know, buy distressed assets, and they didn't buy them at 100 cents on the dollar. They might be willing to get out at, at say, 30 cents on the dollar. So if, if you can restructure a lot of that debt, GM's got $43 billion in auto debt before any of this goes down. They pay more than $3 billion a year in interest. You cut that out, you could save them, you know, look, this is totally, this isn't even back of the envelope, this is top of the table. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you cut their debt by two-thirds, presumably you cut their interest by two-thirds, that saves $2 billion a year. Uh, you know, if you start to water down the health care, you cut their $6 billion health care costs down, you know, maybe you could save a few billion there. Uh, it all needs to be uh, negotiated and everything, of course, but you, you've got this really heavy hammer from the government saying, look, you know, they'll, they'll basically, we'll basically force you into bankruptcy if all parties don't do this, and then you really lose a lot. Jeff, of course, it all, all this really hinges on, at some point, the car market comes back. We don't know when that's going to happen. It right. doesn't look like it's going to be 09. Everyone's saying middle of uh, 2010, but what's the stomach for Congress sticking with this all the way through? You know, I do think that now that they've gotten through it, they've gotten their terms, I think they're going to follow through with it. And and you'll have Obama come in and, and stand behind that and make that promise, I think, to, to back them. Because they know that in, either way, they'll get their money back some way. Where and they've caught so much heat with bailing out, you know, the Lehman Brothers and the others that they're going to, I think, follow this through to show that hey, we did this, we set these standards, and they met it, and they paid it back, and this is this is a success for the Congress, and this is the success for for the government in doing something, and I think they're looking to do something like that. So abandoning, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll do it. They've made the commitment. I think they're going to stick through it. But you're going to have undoubtedly Richard Shelby say. 
say, oh, I told you, they're yeah. back for more money. And we all know they're going to be back for more money. Everybody knows they're going to be back sure, for more money. Sure. But if he starts saying, I told you, they're back for more money, I can see a lot of the American public going, oh, my God, you know, this is a never-ending story. They're always going to be back for more. That's true. That's true. And, I mean, that's the tightrope that's got to be walked and, and figured out. But, you know, I still go back to the whole premise is that there's, there's just no way that you can let them fail. You know, the, I mean, all three of us had a, had a chance to walk through these, through the plants and see the people on the line and the workers there. And I mean, all these guys need jobs. And, you know, for whatever the business model is, I mean, the car industry is still important to the U.S. economy. And I just don't see the government backing away and just letting them go out of business and saying, hey, well, try and figure it out yourself. David, what's your sense of it? Will the American public come around? I mean, they're so anti-Detroit right now, or so many of them are so anti-Detroit. Is this an opportunity to say, hey, all those things you hated about us, we fixed. Is this an opportunity to start to switch the perception? Uh, I wouldn't call it an opportunity. I'd call it a mandate. Uh, they, they really have to if they're going to start ringing the register. I mean, they, you know, they, they've got still a perception issue in quality, which I think is, for the most part, unfair. Uh, they have a perception issue in technology, which is not unfair, but they're starting to develop technologies that could change all of that, and that's what they really have to do. They, you know, look, they, one of the most popular products, and you know, the, of the decade, if not the most popular product, is the iPod, and after that, the iPhone. Why? Slick design, great technology, does a lot of cool stuff, uh, and it makes people happy. And they've got to prove that they have that stuff. And and you know, it, it's a big, big marketing challenge, but it's it's the sort of thing. Uh, that not only do they have to do, but with all eyes on them at this point, they, they actually might be able to pull it off. You know, if uh, you start to get news reports saying, you know, hey, here's the Chevy Volt, you know, here's, here's the new uh, Chevy Cruze, here's, you know, Ford's EcoBoost engines that do X, Y, Z, you know, with all eyes on them, you, know, you start to get some, you know, they're in the fishbowl, but that could be a good thing because, you know, you might be able to see some product coming out that, that turns some heads. What, what do you think, Jeff? Is, could, could they use this crisis to start to change public opinion, or has public opinion been even more solidified against them because of this? I think to some extent that, that they can build on it and begin to win people over. I mean, their products are pretty strong now. I mean, some of the stuff that they've turned out here Everything recently. Everything that's come out in the last three years is I mean, spot on competitive. I've, se I've seen the F new F-150 redesign and the Chrysler Dodge redesign. Beautiful cars, beautiful interiors. The quality that people had come to expect and required was was reflective in those vehicles, I think. And it, it just shows that, yes, they do have the quality game together a little bit more. They're stronger. And yeah, if they really work on it, but they've got to go all out. I mean, there is still that, that harshness out there against the Detroit uh, Big Three about quality, about their cars, how their cars handle. They need to, they need to deliver. They need to have things delivered on time. And they need to be—they need to have the quality and the technology that people want. But I really think that if they really work it here, and they can begin to build on that, you know, GM did some of that went through September 11th and and zero leasing and saving America, and, and people got behind them a little bit. Then this is the similar thing. They need to think both 
both on product and both on public relations on how they can rebuild to try and bring a little love back, I guess, to the Detroit uh, auto industry. What about suppliers, though, David? Because I can see where this bridge loan tides GM and Chrysler over. Uh, we've discussed Chrysler's issues, but let's just say it makes it and everybody looks like it's going to go all through and then the supplier industry mm. collapses. Any feelings or thoughts along those lines? Well, you know, first and foremost, you got to save the companies. And I think if they get healthier and they can keep paying their bills, uh, that'll help the suppliers. You know, that, that is a big concern. I guess the one good thing the suppliers have, you know, if you can call it good, is that you know, they can close plants and cut workers uh, you know, without the same problems the big three have. No jobs, bank, no sub-benefits right. or anything like that. They can downsize to a profitable level. They're, they're sort of, you know, in that sense, they get hurt by a drop in sales like we've seen, but they can, uh, they're, they're more nimble. They can adjust to it a lot more quickly. Uh, you know, that said, you know, they're under a lot of stress. But I, I think if you help the car companies out, you know, by extension, you pull you know, them along. Yeah. What, what do you think, Jeff? Yeah, t definitely. I mean, they all rely on the car makers to pay their bills, to do, to to produce the products that they need to get that demand. Yeah. If you help GM, Ford, Chrysler, Toyota, all of those, if you keep them strong, then they're going to wash that back onto the suppliers themselves. They're going to pick the suppliers that will help them produce their vehicles, and those suppliers will get strong. So yeah, I do feel if you. We'll focus on the car makers themselves. The suppliers will definitely come along. Real good. Anything we're missing here? Any part of the discussion you think that we should touch on? I'll tell you what they need, and none of them have, unfortunately, is they need, they almost need like a face guy out there to really, you know, put a face on the companies who's got some charisma and who's really likable to kind of get out there and say, you know, like, like Iacocca did, hey, you know, we made some mistakes. We got some great stuff. Now you can find a better car, buy it, that sort of thing. Uh, well, what about this idea of uh, William Jeans and uh, Charlie Hughes? Put Roger Penske in charge. Put him in charge of General Motors or make him the cars are. You know, the, the thing with that, that, you know, and Penske's obviously a really terrific businessman, but outside Detroit, is he that much of a known quantity that... Uh, I think he is. I, 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 I happen I to think know. it's a pretty I, good idea. I mean, I, I think he's known in the racing crowd and he's known in the mm -hmm. dealer crowd, but... You know, if, if you ask, uh, you know, a consumer in Peoria or a guy who drives a Camry in San Francisco or a guy who drives a Mercedes in New York, do they, do they know much about Penske beyond his name? Hmm. And, you know, and, and Roger, Roger's a pretty charismatic guy, but he does, does he have that kind of pitch man quality? I don't know who it is. It, mm. it, it, it's too bad they don't have anybody. Uh, you know, Lutz is probably the closest thing to it, and he's almost a little too combative these days, uh, <laughs> given the environment. These days? <laughs> well, <laughs> of course, but they need somebody combative. Jeff, anything that we're leaving out in this discussion you think we ought to touch on? I just think that... You know, there, we've seen such seismic shifts here in these in these past uh, just 18 months, and we're seeing more come along. And I think what a lot of people should take note of is that this auto industry that we're, we've known is just going to change. You know, and even if we go down to a big two or even a big one, I mean, these are just monumental times. And I think that. Uh, you know that the steps that they're making are good and and things that they need to push through are there but it sounds like that they need to keep going further and they need to get back you know everyone brings it up is they need to get back to what it's all about it's about connecting with consumer and it's about the product yes but it's really finding out where the consumer is at and that's where Toyota and Honda have always been been way ahead of everybody. They know what's going on. They know the technologies. They know what kids like. They know where people are going and 
And if maybe if the Detroit automakers can learn one thing, it's that they got to get back to what they were all about, being there, being with that cool thing that they ignited the imagination of a car owner to say, yeah, I'm going to save some money and go out and buy some. Yeah. Well, well, there's the one thing about Toyota and Honda, too, is they're starting to report some awfully bad news. And, you know, there's reports out of Tokyo that... Uh, Toyota's going to lose money this year, this fiscal year and next fiscal year. There's that old saying, you know, the two guys in the woods being chased by a bear, and one guy says, I don't need to outrun the bear, I just need to outrun you. You know, look, if they're not going to, you know, the big three are not going to post, obviously, better results than Toyota. But if Toyota and Honda start posting bad numbers, particularly if they start posting losses, the American public starts to realize those companies aren't Teflon, they aren't perfect. Mm. Maybe it's not just Detroit, it's the total environment. And they might start to look at them at least a, a bit more evenly than they do right now. Mm. Yeah, actually, I'm optimistic once we get through this downturn uh, and the market comes back because I think we're cleaning out a lot of deadwood here that's going to serve the industry a whole lot better going forward. But anyway, Jeff Bennett, David Welch, thanks for sticking around and talking here with me. Thank thanks, you. John.